Ash University Live. That was a blast. Uh, reliving all that stuff and uh, uh, been been a great start. And um, guys, we we got a man. We we got we got a guy that's coming on that broke through with a big monster win. Uh, not a top finish, but a but a big W. And um, and I want to throw this over to to J.K. because you guys you guys have spent a little time on the water. So J.K., take it away, buddy. Who's with us tonight? That's right. We've got Andrew Loberg in the house, straight out of California, twenty seven year old kid, as I'll call him, because he's just getting started. Um, I got to fish with him at the Toyota Series Championship in the back of his boat. Luckily, drew him out on day one. We caught bigs and we both found ourselves in fourth place going into the final day so we got to fish together again had horrendous fishing conditions kid comes all the way across this country i don't know 30 something hour drive and hangs hangs tough you know with a top 10 finish and uh you know i saw something special in him i said this kid's a winner and then I, of course i look back and he's no stranger to the winner's circle he's won twice at the flw college level and finally getting his first Toyota Series championship at the California Delta. Just a little bit more. He fished four years, all four years at Chico State. Won those two times. 14 out of 40 uh, top 10 finishes in his Ooh. Major League resume so far. 14 for 40 for top wow. 10s. That's pretty awesome. He works in uh, agriculture and uh, graduated with a degree in crop crop science, correct, at Chico? Yep. yep. And, uh, just a clear lake hammer who figured out the Delta and uh, is trying to make it to the pro circuit. And I'm rooting for him. I, I know. Great to have you, man. Congratulations on uh, coming through with the big dub. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thanks very much. The champ. That was a really, really good intro right there. Uh, <laughs> and I first want to thank you guys for having me on. This is a pretty big deal for me. This is really cool. I always watch you guys all the time and uh, really stoked. And, uh, Really happy to get a, get a, my first big win uh, at that level. I'm pretty excited about it. Man, that's an awesome win on a historic body of water uh, w with a really really cool technique. So uh, I'm I'm really well. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here with us tonight, man. It's it's awesome, and uh, the top ten ratio that you got going on over there is uh, is pretty spectacular. You're 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 uh, setting a pace that's hard to follow, but. Uh, <laughs> But man, this this was a great win, man. Are you are you still on cloud nine? Have you come down? Are you still floating around up there? Oh no, I'm still on cloud nine, surfing around up there. It's uh, it's it's said it a little bit, but it's still one of those deals. You know, I get you know texts every now and then. Congrats, still. It's just like unbelievable. I mean, on a place like the Delta, that is just ever changing, and especially you know within the last five to ten years with uh, our water crisis in California, um, water diversions and uh, them spraying grass and everything else that goes into the Delta. Then you have this thing called tides <laughs> that just throw in for a loop. And then, you know, it, it was just one of those deals where a lot of it just fell into place. Uh, and I was just fortunate enough to, to get the win. Um, and then, you know, we also have in California a six hour summer uh, rule. Uh, it's a law that beginning of summer to the end of summer, all tournaments have to be six hours. So, oh. uh, you, you know, wow. you launch at six and you're oh in by gosh. noon. That's so terrible for makes, a tidal body of water. Yeah, it makes for a hectic, uh, no hectic day, that's for sure.
Oh, ouch! Wow, that's crazy. That I had no idea that. That's cr- I'd I'd spin out before the tournament even starts. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna see. I'm not gonna yeah. see a turn. Like exactly. Well, that's that's one thing that's kind of cool, especially about tides. Is in this tournament, you kind of only have one switch, right? And you, I mean, in theory, we had two. Uh, we had you know the low outgoing, and then a, and then a and then a low incoming uh, for our tournament, but. But yeah, you don't get any, you know, once you have that high water and it's gone, it's gone and you got to run back to the ramp. So, uh, it, it just, you know, it's crazy. Hmm. Well, you saw, you saw low water that I guess that's, that's good. Uh, well, it was good for you. It, have you ever fished the East coast tides? No, I have not fished any of the East coast tidal waters. And I, I would love to go out to the Chesapeake or the Potomac. I mean, they just look crazy. I'm assuming that your your tide swings are the same on the delta, right? It's it's a a, a six hour uh, yep. tide swing, you know, twice yep. a day. Is that yep. what you're dealing with? Exactly. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So every twelve hours is a high tide, and twelve hours a low. Gotcha. Yep. Because it gets a little squirrely down on the uh, Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, they're different. Those tides are a little bit different, but uh, really. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they have these really low, like one foot swings, twelve hour cycles. It's it's right. it's trick. It's I, like I can't say tide. I ever really fake under- tides, fake yeah, tides, gazy tides. <laughs> I yeah, exactly. I have never truly understood. I've only fished the uh, down there a couple times, right. but uh, but here, but here we go, man. Like you're you're out at the Delta. Do you have any experience at the Delta? Is this new to you? Are you an old hand out there? No, I, I mean I'm from uh, I'm from the Sacramento area, so I, I literally live the closest ramp that I go to is like an hour and twenty minutes away. So I don't I really don't live that far from the Delta. And uh, my old man and all my uncles they used to come out here all the time and fish tournaments uh, back in the day. And then they kind of got out of the tournament scene. But uh, yeah, I mean I come down here occasionally. I fish team tournaments out here, but a lot of my time goes straight to Clear Lake just because I love it so much. It's literally the bass factory <laughs> it's a very yeah. addicting place but i do have experience out here and uh there's a big local presence which uh they're very very good fishermen and um sometimes it can you know be tough to beat them but hey it's fishing it's tides i mean it's anybody's game out there just you know just as much so i do have experience out here for sure well that well take us through it uh andrew like um how was your practice? What what did you get dialed into, and uh, how'd that go for you? So looking, you know, before the tournament started, the good thing with tidal fisheries is you can kind of see what type of water you're going to go into with, you know what I mean? So you can look at a tide chart, uh, certain areas of the delta, and, and kind of figure out, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm launching at 6 in the morning. Uh, we weigh in at noon. I'm going to go, you know, what water's in the east side, what water's on the south side, the north side, and so forth. And then, you know, what water's close to the ramp. And you can kind of figure out what water you're going to be working with, how high the water is or how low it is. And in the recent years, uh, the punch bite, so using a, a heavy weight with a big hook, big line. And we have a, a ton of grass in this place. And we have hyacinth, we have alladea, hydrilla, milfoil. We have a bunch of grass. And, you know, the past few years, you know, you look at the tournament results and you're like, Oh, it's one punching. Oh, it's one punching. So in my mind, you know, the last couple of years I've been going out with some buddies and, uh, you know, I, am like, I just got to go punch, you know, that's just where they live. That's all year. You know, if you find the right stuff, you're going to find some fish and this tournament, I looked at the tides and we had a low outgoing, 
the first day. And as each day progressed going to the third day, the water got higher, but it was going out. So my chances of low water were slowly becoming shorter and shorter. Right. So, but which was fine because I had, I had enough, uh, enough low water so I could punch, you know, for a couple hours. Uh, so in practice, there's uh, on the delta that we have this high ascent. It's basically a floating vegetation, and underneath it, you know, you have the root clumps, mm-hmm. and it's just bare bare water. It's not like hydrilla where it mats out and you have it straight to the to the soil or to the ground. It's just floating. It's almost like a dock. That's kind of what you got to think of it as. And when it gets hot and that water temperature gets hot, uh, fish on river systems they need that cool you know running water they like a lot of current they're feeding on bait fish crawdads what have you so they'll get out of this you know shallow bays and and they'll go to current and they'll find these hyacinth mats pushed up on banks and tule uh clumps um on you know levee roads and if you have somewhat deep water under them uh they'll sit under them just like a dock suspended right sure so on that What's that? Yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense. I've I've fished oh, hyacinths down like on the delta, the Mississippi Delta, and yeah, it's it's tremendous habitat. Exactly, and what happens is when you look at a hyacinth mat on high tide, um, you got to look at that. Uh, I guess similar to a dock, they they need that deeper water, they need that current, and if you have a high tide and there's too much water towards the back of it, those fish can kind of spread out and roam. But when you have a low tide, those fish like to suck out right on the edge of it. So your your point of actually fishing a, or a, your target of punching or flipping the hyacinth mat becomes a lot smaller than punching like, you know, a, a 15 by 15 foot mat. Instead, you're only like, okay, I'm going to roll up to this mat and I'm going to punch three feet of it and then i'm done and that's just where they're going to be on low tide um sounds so going similar into it, to our water low tide is exactly. your, your bite tide yep i mean exactly so i, so I was really curious about that because like you know every every tidal body of water you know is going to be a little bit different but it seems like across the board generally lower water is better because it condenses condenses your fish right that's it, it yeah it, it puts them exactly it puts them right to those you know those target points where you can be like all right i'm gonna make five flips and i'm out you know were these like uh, little tiny like hyacinth isolated mats or did were they mass expanses of hyacinths what was it i mean they i mean they could literally be the size of you know i mean it could be really really small <laughs> um and they also could be you know 50 yard stretches, you know, and in those 50 yard stretches, there's key, key spots where maybe there's a little bit of a break in the, in the, in, in the, in the contour and they get in, or there's a point in the mat that comes out where the current can get around it. Uh, it the fish kind of just tell you what's going on when you get up in practice. But the, what, what I found was, you know, you had to have some sort of grass nearby and you had to have uh, clean grass and a lot of current. And because I fish, I practice a lot of hyacinth and that that's normally kind of where it gets one out of, but a lot of my bites were coming out of either a mix or just straight grass. And, you know, that would be like an aladea or like a milfoil type grass, but it's the same exact, uh, logic behind what I said about low tide current and those fish can suck out, 
you know what I mean? Because there was a bunch of grass mats, you know, with floating hyacinth in them that I found on low tide, but I was punching on the edge and maybe five feet in, and then I'd punch way back to see how deep it was, but there was still five, five or six feet of water in there. Um, oops, sorry about that. And uh, so my practice went straight to straight to the hyacinth because that's normally what's going to happen. Uh, warm water, warm conditions, went to the hyacinth, and I was getting a few bites here and there. I probably put four or five hours chasing the tide on a low tide, trying to find some good hyacinth mats, and I just was not. I was getting a little frustrated, could not figure it out uh, for big bites. Towards the end of my day one practice, I rolled up to a grass mat and just strictly grass wind was blowing the tide was coming in and the, the, the tide was at like a 1.3 so not like super ideal but it was still low enough to do it and within like five pitches i hooked like a three and a half and this was at like 6 30 7 o'clock at night <laughs> and i hooked a three and a half and that was like one of my bigger fish of the day and just like a light switch went off and i'm like whatever this is right here the next few days i gotta run it i gotta find as much as i can you know <laughs> and and uh well and you know what's what interesting let me interrupt you for a second andrew the, the, and the, the, i think this is cool a lot of people miss this when they're practicing tidal water you're you're at night at six o'clock at night finding this pattern well that same tide is going to occur six o'clock you know or six fifty the next morning so exactly when you're a couple days before the event Really, the best practice time is at night when you're going to see the same tide. Yep, exactly. What is the swing on the on the delta? How how high? Like how much do you get? Because like on the on the Delaware, for example, we get like a six foot tide swing. On the Chessie, we get like you know about a two and a half to three ish foot tide swing. Like what are you what are you working with on the delta? It's mainly like a three foot, and sometimes occasionally four, and it, it'll get a little bit higher too, but. And then we'll have that, I don't know what type of tide it's called, but we'll have a pretty big swing, and then we'll have like kind of a smaller swing. Mm. And then it'll go back to like a bigger one. I don't know what it's called, and that's kind of what we had in the tournament where we had a big swing and a big outgoing with water current, and then our incoming wasn't as much moving water. It was a smaller mm -hmm. incoming. Um, but, but yeah, it doesn't get as, as big as the one back East that you guys fish. Right. Right. <laughs> Waxing and waning. Probably. We get that though. The, yeah, the uh, one everywhere. major and then the, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah I don't, I forget the, 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 what it's called. Obviously off the moon. I, I, I can't yeah. Remember. I, we don't, I don't know what it's called either, but you're exact. One's got more current. One's got less and it matters because you know, yeah. the one that has more, more waters rushing in, rushing out, the fish are going to typically be more aggressive during that cycle and uh but that but you're you're low tide you found this grass you're punching you got a few key bites and uh you you're pumped going into the next couple of days of practice how'd they go it was great and where i that first punch fish where i kind of figured out where, what they were setting up on it was in an area i was pretty you know familiar with and comfortable with and I looked on Google Earth and, and my and my Navionics chip and you know at home and I'm like I got to find some areas around this area because we launched out a big break which is pretty far west and when I say pretty far big for out here so it's like a from it's probably a 25 minute run um, and and when you make that run in a short in a six hour tournament. You, <laughs> You can really, as you guys know, in a title situation, you can really get spun out and just start running around all over the place. Yeah. So I, 
I, I needed to make sure that I was in one, you know, fairly decent area and I could just bounce around to that area and be done with it. Sure. Um, you know, find a little bit of water out West, find a little bit out East and then, and then be done. Not, not go way North, South, all that jazz. Dude, 25 uh, minute run in a six hour tournament. That's yeah. yeah, could be yeah. You're, yeah. You're under the gun, man. Yeah. Well, here's the other kicker too. And, you know, since we're in a, this is a pretty big drought year for us, probably one of the worst droughts we've had in a really long time. And this year, and they've done it in previous years on the false river. So you have the main river that runs around the Delta and there's one other main river called the false river. They, that you, that's way easier to run through to get to the central Delta, go South, go North. They actually put a saltwater intrusion levee in the middle of it. So you had to go basically take the main river all the way around it to take it down to some of your area. So that in theory, you know, my 20, 25 minute run could have been 15 instead of 25. So you so, can't just blast the levee if you just trim it up and <laughs> stay on point. No, it doesn't <laughs> I mean, work like that. Okay. No, I mean, maybe on a high tide. <laughs> no, what? it's it's a pretty tall levee. And they basically do that for, uh, you know, salinity intrusion or saltwater intrusion. Uh, I don't know the science behind it, but basically on an incoming tide to eliminate some of that salt water coming into the delta region for wow. the ecosystem. i've never i've never seen one of those before i got to go look at an image of it it's just basically like a dam right sabine has a ton yeah of it's basically right a dam much. that's all it is yeah and it, and it actually kind of threw off like frank's track is a pretty historic area in the delta and it's not too far from there and they've had that dam previous so some a lot of people know about it but and Frank's track and some of the flooded islands actually had like an algae bloom. And normally it never really has that because of the current and, you know, the tide switches and stuff. So there was a little bit of an algae bloom in some of these areas that I wasn't familiar with. I'm like, you know, the water's normally semi-clear with all the grass, but when you soft that current, you know, you get a little bit different water. Well, Andrew, you've had a, you had a good practice. You got, you got a pattern going on T day one, man. What you know, where was your head? Were you excited? Did you sleep? You know? Yeah, no, no, I, was, I was stoked up. I mean, I was, I knew what I had and uh, I knew the area I was going to go to. Uh, I had my tides, tides right. And, but going into the Delta, it's just one of those places that changes so much. And I'm like, let's just go into it, catch as much as you can and keep it going. And first day of the tournament, rolled it to some of my stretches, uh, you know, fishing a chatterbait because the tide was a little high before it got out so I could punch. Uh, caught some fish, actually caught one four pounder on a chatterbait and, uh, kind of a little bonus fish. And then I went and punched the rest of the day and had my 19 pounds. And then the next day, uh, hit all new water, uh, in that same area and scratched out 13, a lot tougher day. Um, and then going into the final day, I, I just had no idea what, what to expect. I, I hit pretty much everything I had except one area I, I fished in practice where I caught a big one and shook some off and popped in there, you know, about eight, eight thirty, Uh, and within like 10 minutes, I punched that big one. It was like that eight pounder or whatever it was. <laughs> and I, I was pretty jacked up and I had like, I went through chatterbaits and, you know, top water and stuff in the morning, had three small ones and popped in there, caught that big one. I look at my co, I'm like, geez, I gotta, I gotta fill the rest of this limit out. And then, uh, I caught one about four. And then in my mind, I'm like, okay, we might be able to get on a little something in here. And then, uh, just kind of grinded it out and, you know, made the rest of my coals. And by, you know, 10 o'clock that tide started coming in, 
kind of started heading back a little bit just, you know, to be safe. The wind was kind of blowing and, you know, fishing stuff around the ramp. What was your weight on the last day? I had 23.5, I want to say. 23.6. And it was the second biggest bag of the Derby. That was, I mean, it seemed like looking at the weights, nobody had over 50 50 pounds in this tournament. Andrew had 55.11. He won by almost seven pounds. And there was a there was a lone twenty six pound bag twenty five fourteen weight, but it looks like like the four and five pound bites were a premium, and you you caught an eight. Now I, I heard about a chatterbait a little bit, but the punching deal seemed like it was the deal. What what was the what was the meat and potatoes, bro? What was that? Uh, yeah, I, I actually brought a rod. Country. Yeah, show us. All right, what show and tell. Yeah. Yeah. So I have. Uh, so my main one was to say this. This would be my main one. I punched probably eighty percent of the time. Wait, wait a minute. That a, that doesn't look like a black Senko. Yeah. No, not a black Senko. Ooh, I know what I that didn't is. Didn't have though. a couple of those tied up. Um, <laughs> this is just a pal. It's a seven ninety five. Uh, great rod. And I I normally go one ounce and below on this rod. Uh, it's light enough. I can get away. You know, it's way easier to flip than anything over an ounce. Uh, it's really parabolic. So when you're punching, you know, you're only like 10 feet away. So when you hammer them, you don't want just a broom, you know, ripping them out and right. losing them. So having a little bit of bend, you know, cl- closer to that last guide, I think helps a lot, uh, gives them a little give. And then, uh, Dio Tatula, 65 pound P line. What, what size uh, Tatula reel? This is an eight to one. Uh, uh is it a hundred or 150, 200? What do you got? The 200, the 201. Okay. Uh, and then that's pretty much about it. I was using a, just a regular beaver. This was from Clear Lake this weekend. Uh, just a regular, uh, that's on this one. Just a regular uh, 420 or 4 inch beaver. And then this is my other rod. This is an ounce and a half weight, uh, 806. It's just way easier. When the wind picked up, when, you, when you're flipping, in wind it can be really really hard to get a lot get through a lot of these mats and that's the reason why i went to a one and a half some of the vegetation was thick enough to get it you know to use a one and a half but when that wind picks up and you're trying to punch this the 65 pound or most parade but 65 pound it it almost acts like a parachute so when you're trying to punch that wind pushes against and that weight doesn't want to drop so when it was windy you know the first two days i'd pick up the one and a half when it was windy and it it would get through that grass and hyacinth a lot easier um, but same same setup, but this is a little bit a lot heavier rod. What hook are you using, Andrew? Um, I'd go back and forth. You know, I I used uh, the owner jungle hook, uh, the four rod, Damn. and then my buddy Jim Moulton, he actually gave me a pack of these Hayabusa hooks. I don't know the the name of them, but uh, I was using. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what; those, those hooks are pretty sick. I I really really like them. And they're a little bit thinner wire than the owners, uh, and I, I love the owners. The but the Hayabusa's were a little bit thinner, and I mean, on that eight pounder and some other big ones I caught, they didn't bend out or nothing, and I was pretty, pretty jacked up. On about the them. on the first setup you showed us, was that sixty five pound braid as well? Yeah. It so it's always sixty five. You won't go down to fifty in any circumstances. For me, it's all 65. I know okay. a lot of guys, I mean, like Mark Daniels, he'll go 50, he punches 50 all the time with an ounce, ounce and a half. But, uh, you know, my other buddy, Brent, Bryant Smith, he'll punch 80 like it's going out of style. And he 
catches mm. him pretty well here. So it's all preference to what you're comfortable with, really, I think. Yeah, that's good. I think that's the Hayabusa FPP straight heavy-duty worm hooks. Yeah. They sell two different ones. They got a yeah, they're, they're pretty rad hooks. Yeah. yeah. The other one, GDP? They have two different ones. They have a they basically have a fluorocarbon straight shank and they have a braid uh, straight shank. You know, one's an HD version. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. That's what I, yeah. That's what I was talking about. The HD. I didn't realize. Oh yeah, there it is. I'm on Tackle Warehouse right now. They got both. Um, Andrew, look at you. He's already got a cart open. <laughs> I see you, JK. <laughs> Andrew, are you snelling? Or are you not snelling? That's what I wanted. To yeah, snelling for sure. Okay. I always, always okay. snell. What uh? What kind of tungsten are you using? Uh, I think it's Wu tungsten. To be completely honest, I'm not sure. I bought those a while ago. <laughs> right. Because yeah. I mean, uh, I know some guys like the reins or you know the ones with the inserts in them or or other kind of brands. For for you, it does it make a difference or no? No, for me, whatever's cheapest. What about the color <laughs> on the? What about the color on the weight? I love it. I like I like black mostly or green pumpkin. Okay. Yeah. And how much does the, like the our, how much does the color on your your flipping bait uh, actually matter? Do you do you vary it depending whether it's light out or or you know overcast and cloudy? Like what what makes you pick you know the color on that soft plastic? Um, a lot of it has to do with I think time of season and on the delta crawdads they just mow crawdads left and right and there's a few different patterns of crawdads that I, that I like to do out there. Uh, but that green pumpkin red's hard to beat and then. A lot of times in the springtime, you'll go with that like sprayed grass color when they're mowing down bluegills. But I try to keep it simple. You know, it's one of those deals with with punching. And I'm honestly, I'm no expert at it. I, I just absolutely love punching, and I've been doing it uh, for the past few years. But for me, that that one ounce or one and a half ounce gun through a mat, I'd, I'd say ninety five percent of my bites were on the initial fall, and a lot of it's just reaction. Right. Uh, so. In a lot of, you know, in my eyes, sometimes color matters, but I think a lot of it has to do with confidence and what you're confident with. Because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in practice, I'd switch up a few colors and then I'm like, well, I'm just going to go with whatever I have most of. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't run out of them. <laughs> and then, uh, and then just do that. So you, you, you did have, you, you did have a chatterbait thing going, as JK alluded to, or at least enough of a chatterbait thing going for MLF to, to photograph you with it. What I yeah. want to know is, in your six-hour tournament, how many – did you have the punch and rod in your hand for five hours? Did you have it in your hand for five and a half hours? Did you have it in your hand for four hours? Like, what what kind of ratio would you put that at? Like, how, how much it, did you commit to that technique? The punch and deal was whenever that tide was low. Um, gotcha. So, I would say, like, the first day I punched for probably five hours. Second day – probably four and then the third day probably three and when the tide uh, started to come lift is when you you went to the to the moving bait exactly so the tournament started we had a lot lower water in the morning because we had an outgoing tide and in the morning I, uh the first day we probably had like an hour long window of, of a little bit higher water and then it'd be low the rest of the time the second day we had another hour of higher water of outgoing with another hour of outgoing in the morning. So I would spend an hour and a half on the chatter bait and reaction baits when those fish were moved up more. And then when that tide dropped out, I'd go punch. And the third day I had to spend two hours, two and a half hours, uh, chatter bait and top water. And then I'd go punch. So Gosh. it was really when that tide was low enough. Uh, and when that, that timing was right. Because how many, that's, how many bites an hour 
or, or where are you getting when you're punching? Uh, it, it really depends, but I mean, to be honest with you, the first day I had probably the most bites. I probably caught 20 to 25 fish Good doing God, it. God, are your ribs day, bruised? No, I mean, a lot of them are, you know, you'd probably catch, you know, a lot of like pound and a half to two pounders, so it wasn't too bad. Okay. But, and then the second day, I, I hit a lot of stuff, and I don't it was weird the second day because it was just brutal all around. A lot of guys didn't catch besides my buddy Christian. He bagged them that, that second day, but, uh, that second day was tough. And, you know, I, I probably only caught 12 to 15 fish. And then the final day, I probably, probably about the same, man. Well, everybody was punching. I mean, yep. it, right. Everybody knows you, you said it, you did the research. Everybody's punching. But what what do you think separated you from the field, uh, where everybody's doing it? Like, what what do you think that you did differently that that got you this W? I think either knowing which a lot of those guys, I mean, they're all studs out there, but really knowing the water you're fishing as far as when that tide is low and where those fish set up, I think is key because they're. There's so much grass and hyacinth on this place, uh, and there's so much. And there's a lot of like dead water in that stuff. To where you're, there's probably fish around, but they're hard to get. But knowing your area, and then also, uh, I guess just having confidence and just putting it in your hand and going because you can really get spun out in a six-hour tournament. And you know, you could say you punched all day, but you know, say I'm punching, 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 but like gosh, maybe I'll drop shot these holes. Maybe I'll sanko these holes around here. But really just putting that rod in your hand and just going, that's kind of what I just had to stick yeah. to it, you know? Yeah. I, lo- I, love, I love that style. Like you said it. Like you caught a lot of small fish, and the coolest thing about punching is it drops through and it goes dunk, and you got this mm-hmm. moment where you know you just got a bite and you're about to hit him, <laughs> and you don't know if he's this big and if you're on the delta, he can yeah. be eight pounds. And there's exactly. just that moment like, oh, my God, it's about to exactly. go down, man. And then, that's what, that's what and, then for, and then for the next three nights, you hear that line in your sleep. And <laughs> oh all you think God. about is the line singing. <laughs> it, is the best, it is the best thing in the world. And I've actually – what's funny, too, is I've heard stories about it. But uh, this the last t- that tournament on the delta we had, I actually punched a striper, which i never done before. But I know <laughs> oh, guys wow. do and that's a bite and a half. <laughs> oh my uh, god! Did, did did that happen during the tournament? Did you think it was a bass? I thought it was a bass. I mean, I thought it was a good one, and I pinched in there. I just smoked huh, it, and I that. swung, and it was in the never. mat, and it was three pound striper. I'm like, are you kidding me? Especially, you know, it had to be in a tournament. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you're oh, stripers win. are in mats. Our pets' heads are falling off. Exactly. <laughs> yep, dude, exactly. dude, I I was on Champlain. Uh, I was punching a mat, and uh, and it was a mat. The previous day, I caught two big ones out of, and I punched in there, and it went dunk, and our set, and this rod just doubled over, and I got this, and I'm like net. Net, I'm like calling. For, I'm like, I know this is lunker, and it, and it was a three pound smallmouth under a mat. They're yes. strong. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, dude. Yep. They weld it to the bottom and they bite it. They get welded to yep. the bottom. How yep. about it? Yep. <laughs> that is I, unbelievable. You, it's nuts. I couldn't even use them. Yep. It was three pounds. I couldn't use them, but I thought it, I thought it was lunker. It was crazy. They either get welded to the bottom or they come straight up. One of the two. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. Well, that's awesome. 
Andrew, you and JK spent some time on the water together. Uh, you know, t t tell me about that. You guys, uh, you know, what was that experience like? Oh, it was awesome. We had a great time on the water. Uh, the fr first day of the tournament, we were all both jacked up, kind of shivering because it was cold, but shivering because we were excited. And, uh, you know, it had a pattern going into it, and we started fishing. You caught that first big one right off the bat, and, you know, we just went to work. I knew there were some fish around, and, you know, we had plenty of, plenty of water to fish, and we had a good time. I mean, we, we talked a lot. It was, it was a fun time. And then we it was crazy. Because at the end of the day, we were like, dude, I wish we could just fish tomorrow. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, we had it was one of those deals. And then we we both uh, we both made a top ten, and they were going down. The people were weighing in, looking at the, the weighing slips. And then I look over at him, like, I think this is gonna happen. <laughs> uh, and we fished the final day together. It was awesome. Yeah, we did. I gotta say, Andrew is tough to catch from behind, right? <laughs> So I had a deal where I, I could catch some up in the up in the water column, but there was there was fish to be had all down the side of the you know rock faces and stuff. So you could get them with a jig. So a lot of times, if Andrew you picked up a spinnerbait every now and then, I think yours was more of a largemouth deal. Whenever you identified a piece where there might be a largemouth, but we were in smallmouth territory for the most part, and I actually had had gotten a whiff of a of a spinnerbait bite in practice. Um, with uh, well, I practiced two hours with Wesley Strader because he had boat trouble. But uh, I got a whiff of that, and then my first one's like a great, you know, they're all like three and a half pounders. Um, and uh, to to be quite honest, it was so cold, it was so tough to catch him. And Andrew probably had ten to fifteen keepers that day. Um, had a really good day. I only weighed in three, which was really good in that tournament for a co angler. There was like five limits over 180 guys for all three days. It was crazy. But I will say this. He got me around enough opportunities that had I executed, I would have been, I would have won the tournament. And that's, that's with a zero on the final day. Cause it, it was that tough, but I, I broke off a really big large amount that I saw that day. And I broke off another one that Andrew saw. And he actually said, Hey, throw back there. I think I just had one come up and I don't think I need it. And I pitched my drop shot back in there and I don't even know how that fish broke off, but it still makes me mad. I you know. know? Wow. But it was probably a two and a half, you know, three pounder. They were all that quality. Um, but that's the day where I was like, man, this kid's got it. This kid is around the right stuff. The tournament got one in that region. Like he had identified stretches of that lake. You know, that honestly, I wasn't expecting to be there. I expected, a, you know, the tournament to be one a little further south on the lake and stuff. But I hadn't been there. And, you know, you could tell he had he'd driven across the country 30 some odd hours and put it in practice. And the dude was ready. Um, a lot of changes over that tournament. But uh, but, yeah, I, I, I can't complain, man. I had a, a stellar time and the, the guy's just positive energy all day long. So. You know, it, that there was never hardly, a, I don't think, ever a negative moment in that boat, even when things got tough on the third day. So I, I, I definitely walked away knew, knowing that this win, this winning moment was coming his way soon. That's interesting because uh, positive energy is something you bring on the water, J.K. So the, there, was, there was a, you know, J.K., it, it's like no matter how hard the bite is, you, we're always going to, you know, we'll, 
we're going to get a bite down here. We're going to figure it out. And, and, you know, I noticed that, you know, practicing with you, JK, it's, it's pretty awesome. So the two of you, uh, man, together, you know, it just, uh, you, you couldn't help but be successful. Yeah, I made it. We matched. I mean, it was one of those deals where it's like, hey, we're around them. Let's just go catch them. No. Yeah, a lot of celebrations that first day. It just made it fun because, golly, it was cold, man. It was like 22 degrees that morning. You know, it, we saw snow that first day. Like, it just – it was horrendous. It's a whole lot warmer <laughs> when you're catching them, though. Oh. Yeah, that warms you up oh, like nothing God. else. It does. Yep. yep. Well, yep. we know That's JK right. has the gift of gab. Uh <laughs> How is he during fishing uh, conditions, Andrew? Are you guys, are you guys chatting it up, or does he actually get quiet and focused? What, what's it like fishing with JK? No, we're yeah, we're chopping it up. I mean, there's some moments where we're getting dialed in, but no, we're we're cutting it up, having a good time. And it honestly, sometimes I think you know, being able to talk and you know, and promote the positivity or just talk about you know, just other things kind of gets your mind off the stressfulness and you know what i mean because there's so many times we're in a tournament and it's just dead silent and all you can think about is what's hap- what's wrong right but when you don't have that it's it just makes the day a lot better well that's uh i mean that's great that you guys fish together and now here you got this big win and uh we're, we're super psyched to have you on you know on the show and 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 talk about all this great stuff we can't wait to get punching i mean it's punching season all over the country right now and uh mm-hmm. so w- what's next for you does that get you into the championship winning you're in or are you coming to the championship what's your deal yeah they, they have the program I, I don't know if it started this year or last year but the, they have the win your ends uh scenario so I, i'm locked in but our we have our last tournament on the western region at lake havasu in uh, the last week of september so that'll be a that'll be a pretty warm one down in the desert uh, but it should be fun. I haven't been down there that time of year, and I don't think a lot of people have. And they got big smallmouth, big largemouth. This should be a good time. Clear water. I love Lake Havasu. I, I only fished it one time, but uh, it's a really neat desert lake. And uh, uh, well, we look forward to watching it there, BTC. But what do you got going on over there? Uh, uh, and shoot. Maybe forget the damn guy's name. Sorry, he's from YouTube. We appreciate his comment. Go ahead. Something Rosenwinkle. Um, wanted to know if there if he saw a bead between your uh, Ooh. between your weight yeah. and your hook. Yeah, I, there uh, is a bead. I oh, good good I eye, man. Sorry, uh, sorry for butchering your name. Punching with a bead. Let's see here. Punching with uh, those like Fitzgerald beads. Uh, probably about over a year ago, I got into them because when you're punching with a heavy heavier weight without a punch skirt. Uh, you tend to rip a lot more, and sometimes that weight when you set the hook on the on that the weight and the hook clashing together. It, I don't know. It, it, sometimes it'll like rip your line. It just gets a little weird. So I think having that bead separates it a little bit, and your bait moves a little freer. Uh, it, it just takes the place of that bead and the punch skirt because I do like the punch skirt a lot. But this tournament, I just went just went nude on them, you know. <laughs> yeah, that punch skirt out west is is that's where it got started, you know. But yep. that's, that's a neat little tool. Yeah, t- talk about that a little bit. Like, w- you didn't use a punch skirt in this tournament, or at least you don't have them on there now. W- mm-hmm. What situations would you use a punch skirt? What situations would you not use a punch skirt? What's the benefits? The you know, what's it all about? The stent and the third. It, it, 
so there's guys that will have a punch skirt year round and in my eyes and again i'm not an expert and I, I still haven't figured out why you go punch skirt and why not but if the water was a little bit dirtier i'd probably go with a punch skirt so it'd move more water and it just silhouette a lot better under that shade but the water where i was fishing was a lot clearer so i just wanted a clean pitch and you know i wanted it in that grass in that high scent and I was just comfortable with it, you know. Sometimes in the spring, especially when you're mimicking bluegill, you want that bigger presence, you know, a bigger silhouette yep. to mimic one of those big bluegill. So that's what I think. That's that's my, my deal. But guys will throw a green pumpkin red or a red punch skirt on that and have a ball with it. Now, so what I, what about if, you know, you're if the fish are being weird or they're being, you know, tough on you, is it always is it always a beaver? for you or do you do you ever change to you know a more slender bait something that gets through the mat a little 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 easier something with less bulk less profile talk a little bit about those adjustments you might make during a punching bite i'll always mainly go to just regular beaver style this new uh spicy beaver with the uh with the little tails when they're like yeah when they're really biting it and they're uh more of a reaction bite mm-hmm. on deeper mats, like in mats that are, you know, eight foot or more. You have that fall and they just kick and, you know, they, they really do it. But on grass lines or mats that are like four to six feet deep, just the regular beaver's fine. But those deeper ones that, you know, guys will punch mats in like 20 feet of water under them and that, that little fall like that will trigger them. How mm. deep, I don't remember hearing this, how deep were the fish coming off of those hyacinth mats? The ones I was focusing on were probably at the deepest, probably like seven feet. Oh wow! They weren't that deep. What's the shallowest you'll you like? What's the shallowest you'll feel good about? You know, using a punching technique in on a higher tide, I'll go to the bank. You know, if I need to get through a hyacinth mat and it's six inches of water, then I'll do that. But on a low tide, I want deep water near it, and. It's a little bit. Shorter. I'm so glad hey. the feed just dropped before he showed that. <laughs> oh come on! Yeah, we're back. It's a little oh, we're bit back. shorter. Close. Oh, you're back. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he dropped it. <laughs> oh, we're we're back live, Andrew. You can put that back up. <laughs> um, in my eyes, with, with the with this that that beaver style bait on the back of a chatterbait, I think it, these two tails at the bottom mimic a, a crawdad. In my eyes, a little bit better than like a zaco or a swim bait. Yeah. Uh, type. Uh, it's a little bit shorter and a little bit more compact, so it gets through that grass a little bit better. And a lot of it's just confidence, you know. I just what it is. Now, Why do you if they're, if they're line like that, Andrew? So if I had it, if I had it uh, perpendicular to the hook, mm-hmm. that the, how wide it is, how wide the beaver actually is. Yeah, it'll actually keep the bait higher when it's flat. Right. So when it's you know this way it actually will keep the bait down a little bit more wow and i think the lesson there is guys it's it's not a this or that it's a this and a lot of times the reason to put it flat down here in the southeast you know it'll help it'll help it rise and come over cover that you sometimes shouldn't really be throwing a chatterbait with a zaco or something streamlined like that behind but then when you get in more of the grass situations or or whatever where you want to keep it down in 
you know, it's just amazing how the same trailer rigged different ways will make that will make that bait react differently. You know, that's a great yeah, two different case. actions. Yeah. Yep. It gets different vibrations. It uh, yep. the trailer. There's so much involved. You know, with the with the, that was that a jackhammer? Was that a chatterbait? What do you what do you throw? Yeah. The jackhammer. Okay. Half ounce, three eight. I'll I'll go between a three eighths and a half ounce. Uh, I really like the three eighths ounce. It's just easier over grass. What? This is great point. Why is it easier over grass? Tell tell the people. Really, for me, it's just you can pop it through that grass a little bit more, and it's not going to have that really quick fall after you pop it. It'll kind of when you pop it, it'll come up over that grass and sink a little bit with that trailer on the back. Right. And then you can start reeling it again. Because I, I only, especially on the Delta, I only go strictly fluoro. It's just what I do. A lot of people use straight braid. I really don't think it matters. Uh, the fish, you can go straight braid if you want to. But with the combo of, of the rod that I have, the 755, that pal I have with the, with the fluoro, and then that 3 8 ounce, I, I just think it hooks them a lot better. Mm. Excellent. Well, I know we we go back. I go back and forth between the lightweights and and I use fluoro too. But I always I always rationalize like when you when the grass gets mature, you got to bully that half ounce so hard to get yeah. it through that grass, and it it's almost a deficit. You know what I mean? Like the the three eighths, the lighter ones, you can feather it, and for it, sure. it seems to trigger more strikes for me. Yep. You know. Do you use the lighter weights? I use half more than anything, but I do throw the three eighths too. Yes. Right. Yep. And then, and the actual old chatterbait actually has a quarter ounce, which is a tiny, tiny <laughs> little weight that uh, that can be uh, effective too. The you know yeah. the original Z-Man yep. Yep. that that nobody throws anymore except me. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> and John Cox and jo- jo- John does. Yeah. All right. All right. Says it's all he throws, allegedly. <laughs> but anyhow, for the guys watching or listening tonight, it's not my fault this time. Uh, the actual internet, the lightning bolt from heaven came down and smote a <laughs> pole and took out our internet, and now it's back, so none of it was my fault. I'm amazed that the show rebooted and got right back out on every channel. And It's the fish yeah. gods. They needed that, they needed that chatterbait juice to get out there. You're right, you're right yeah. though, Pete. Let's talk about that. It, did it really happen that way? It did. That's crazy. But you can't get it to work right when you try. <laughs> right. It just From one week to the next, nothing's the same. Uh, no 2021. Kidding. Good Lord. We're, we're probably on ABC right the now. The Large Hedron <laughs> Collider yeah. hit max capacity in 2012, <laughs> discovered the God particle, and nothing's been the same since. Riz, do we have any IMs? Do, or, or let's, let's, yeah. Do they have any um, questions for Andrew about pun, yeah. punching or, uh, man or Bruce has a question uh, for Andrew um, about the rod. What makes you choose uh, that action on the rod? Are there any circumstances where you'll go with a heavier rod uh, because of different types of cover? Um, talk a little bit about that. So the, the 806 was strictly, the heavier rod was strictly for that one and a half ounce, knowing I was going to be in wind and that, and that vegetation. And that lighter one was really just because it, it was slicked out and I didn't need that heavy of a weight to get through the grass or the hyacinth. Uh, but say I was, you know, flipping wood or something like that, I'd probably go to a little bit shorter rod, a little bit lighter rod. I don't need something that heavy. But when you're in that grass and those tidal fish are so strong, you just got to really just get them in the boat. How Tell us about the eight-pound Goliath. Yeah. 
in the mat. Yeah. How, t- take us through that fish catch. Oh, it was unbelievable. I, uh, you know, like I said earlier, that I rolled into that one spot, and within ten minutes, you know, I was punching along, punching, punching, punching. And I made a punch in the middle of this mat, or close to the middle, and it didn't even get halfway. She bit, and I swung on it, and it was like we were just like. One of you guys mentioned that sound you just hear. My rod doubled over, <laughs> and I, I just started grinding. I mean, when they're in the grass, doesn't matter. I mean, you just grind. That's all you do. Grind, grind, grind. And my guy, my co-angler, he had the net ready. wasn't freaking out. It comes up to the top of the mat, and I just start sliding it. I saw the shoulders on. I'm like, that's a big one. And I'm grinding, <laughs> grinding, get to the boat, and I'm like, holy mackerel. I mean, it probably lasted like you know 20 seconds, but. It was one of those deals. I was like, "Geez, that's a big one." You so you got five pounder up on top of the mat. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. Yeah, I swung as hard as I could and just <laughs> just pulled her out. There's no when you're punching out there. There's no uh, messing around, playing them. You you swing and you reel in. I mean, there's that's all you with it, especially with an you know an ounce or ounce and a half anything bigger i mean they could throw that weight in a matter of seconds it's so easy they turn their head once it's done what so, was the celebration yeah like? exactly jk uh, go ahead celebration what, what was it like i mean i gave him a little fist bump i was pretty pumped up but i put yeah. in the box and i was a little sh- shooken up and my co-angler uh colby hunts he's really really good kid he's 20 years old he won the uh co-angler tournament the first tournament at the Delta and he wow. made the top 10 and he actually finished second and him and his brother out there, they're studs on the Delta Logan hunts. He actually won the last tournament on the Delta as a pro and his younger brother won as a co-angler. So it was pretty neat. Wow. And I got it in the boat and it was kind of funny. They're both Delta studs and I got it in the boat, put it in the level. And I'm like, dude, I'm honestly really happy. You didn't like freak out or like anything when I was reeling. And then he's like, I've actually landed a lot of these for my brother. I'm like, yeah, you got a good point. <laughs> but no, it was good. We, we we had a great time on the water. We're fist bumping, having a good time. He had a, he had a good day too. He was five pounds back going into day three and almost had his second win of the year, but finished second. Ooh. Wow. Shout out Pete, to JK, yeah. let's go ahead and just uh, schedule the Bash University executive trip out to the Delta. Oh, let's go. Let's go punching. Let's, yeah, come on out. Let's quit messing around. Well, two days on the Delta, two days on Clear Lake. That's That sounds like a Bash U trip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. West Coast bucket list swing. Yes. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, you, know? you guys got to remember, too, one thing I want to bring up for guys watching you know, the West Coast, they they don't have all the options. They don't have the BFLs and the and the toilet. There's no Bassmaster open. Bassmaster doesn't go out there. You know, there's no opens. There's no – I mean, the Toyota Series is it. That's the pinnacle of the sport out there. And all the guys who go show up, they're all driving. Like, it's not just a bunch – I mean, there's some local guys, yeah, but there's a lot of guys who drive 10, 15, 20 hours – just to go because it's like the only fishing tournament at a high level yep. with 20 hours or 15 hours, you know? So, yeah. you know, I just want to put emphasis on the win for you, man. Like that's, that's as big as it gets West out, out, out on the West coast. And I, I'm really happy for you. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Our, our lakes spread out a little bit around here. There's yeah. a lot of guys I know that big, like 
Lake Havasu and Lake Mead, huge area, a lot, a lot of great fishermen down there. And, uh, they, you know, we had two, two tournaments at the Delta this year and all of them traveled up 10, 12 hours to get here. And then we'll do the same to go down to Havasu. It's 11 hours from my house, but it is what it is. And we're all fired up for it. And well, then, hey, we'll hop in the truck. We'll hop in the truck and go to Pickwick in a couple months. That's awesome. <laughs> that, that's a little bit longer drive than 11 hours for you. But, a little uh, bit. A little bit. I enjoy it, though. It's it's always a good time. My dad, he'll come out with me, and he's, you know, my parents are my biggest support system. They're awesome. and they're, That is awesome. And my dad and I, we have a great time going out going out back east. Yeah, he's the man. He was dumping us in in, those, in the tournament. It's awesome to have a support system on the road with you like him. Yeah, he's an OG West Coast hammer, man. Yep. Andrew, thank you uh, for coming on, sharing your story, and giving us all this great tips and techniques. Uh, great win. Congratulations. Uh, Want to wish you best at Havasu and Pickwick. And, um, you know, we're going to be watching. And, you know, thanks so much for coming on Bash You Live. Yeah, th I huge thank you to you guys for having me on. I really had a great time and, and talking with you guys and, and Justin, too, awesome. I hope to see you guys uh, sometime soon and hopefully at the championship. It was a good time. I appreciate it. I, we awesome. appreciate it. We're going to do nothing but punch for the rest of the year. Yes. <laughs> there we go. That's what I'm talking about. Big weight. <laughs> Looking for that eight-pounder. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much. The champ from the Delta. Uh, congrats. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Yeah, thank you, guys. You guys have a good one. <laughs> you too, buddy. Have you ever caught an eight-pounder punching? That's a negative. <laughs> no, no, not that big. I don't. I don't know what my biggest punching fish is. I have to think about it myself. It's probably in the sixes. Yeah, for me, you know. Dude, yeah. I don't even have a six. I have a five. That's it. I I love that bite though. It's such an amazing bite, it and uh, I love how it's so fast. Like you said, you flip it in there, and nine percent of the time they're going to bite on that fall. Yeah, you know, it's like okay, I got you. Well, not I don't got you, but I got the bite. Yeah, you know, you lose a lot of them. <laughs> but you know, yeah. depending on the bite, like it's weird down in Florida. I was, who were we? One of the guys at Bashu was, uh, it was Caleb. Guys, we just filmed punching with Caleb Sumrall. I hear the storm now outside. Um, and this was really cool because he's from Louisiana, similar to Florida, mm -hmm. soft bottom. And he talked about the importance of uh, letting the bait sit above the, the soft bottom, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and how, he, how he rigs his bait such that it sits above the bottom when it's down there. It's, it's, it's so interesting because the reason why I'm thinking about that is, like, a lot of things, places I'm punching, they have hard bottom, and I let it hit the bottom. And then you pop it, and boom, you know, you get that bite. But boy, when, oh, wop, the, bop. <laughs> when the soft bottom's there, it's like the bait disappears into yeah. it, you know. And uh, but it's so it's all about the. So it's got a bobber on there, about foot up. He's got. A, he leaves. It, Honestly, I can't remember exactly what he does. <laughs> I got to go back and watch the video. I was producing. Rich I'm like, knows, but he. Ain't gonna tell I'm it. like trying to take notes, and he starts saying something that's really, really cool, and I'm like, ah. I can't talk because the cameras are running. Yeah. I want to ask him questions, right? Right. And I'm like, oh, I gotta wait till the, I gotta wait till it's released too. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But uh, that that. Jk, was... when's that one coming? Uh, look at the calendar real quick. Give me two seconds. Do you if remember, Rich? Do you remember what he does on the salt bottom? Uh, yeah, he <laughs> fishes unpegged. Unpegged. Yeah. That's what he does. Yep. Unpegged. Look how mad Rich is to say it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Fish on peg. If my uh, if my editing team does what they're supposed to do, it will release on August thirty first. Okay. They- <laughs> Guys, if you're watching right now, that's one that you're gonna want to tune in for. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. like if if you're if you're somebody that's on the fence about the program and you like that style of fishing, flipping, pitching, punching, yeah, you're gonna yeah. want to see that one. I and I gotta say, like uh Pete, we were I, I was I, I couldn't even contain myself. I know. When he when he was when he was getting bites <laughs> like punching, I was like eating the steering wheel, throwing water bottles <laughs> off. But uh, but we'll see how it goes. Make it dope. Yeah, that, <laughs> like that's going to be coming real soon. But uh, anyway, so talking about but he, and he is also a D bomb guy. Caleb is like he was borrowing used D bombs from Brian Carpenter's used. garage. Yeah, he took, yeah. It, it took all my missile baits. Oh, was yeah. there used ones in there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dude, what the hell? He didn't, want, he didn't want to hear nothing. He didn't want to hear no beaver. He didn't want to hear nothing about any other bait. He had to have the D-bomb. They had hook marks, scrapes, and uh, it's a bad bait. Yeah. He showed us. What color does BTC need? Say again, JK? I said, what color does BTC need? I'll send him some. Bruiser. <laughs> Yeah. Bruiser. Yeah. I got a couple bags hitting my doorstep tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> Love it. GDP. Yo. Third year on the elites, man. Yeah, going the fourth year, yep. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell I mean Hey man, every year, year like? every year that you get back on the elites, yep. you're punching your ticket to keep the longevity of your career going because you you mentioned yep. this before that so many of these lakes in your first couple of years, you've never been to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Once you start getting through that circuit, you're going to start seeing lakes come back around, and you're like, oh, I know a little something about this lake. Yeah, you know? for sure. Dude, it's been I, – I really can't stress how much I've learned these last three years. Yeah. You know, looking at my results, some weren't so good, but, man, like mm-hmm. I said before, some of them really bad events, man, is when I learned everything. That's, yeah. a, that's a powerful statement. Yeah. You do learn yep. more yep. from your losses than your wins. Yep. A lot of times, yeah. you know. And I think it's because you're you're not you're not zeroed in on a pattern or doing one thing. You're actually scrambling and you're using your your confidence to keep looking. Like you said, you know, you yeah. practice during the event, and when you have bad events, that's what you're doing. You're 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 looking around at different things. You're trying to make things happen, but you're learning the same time you're doing all that. Right. You know, you're seeing more like you're seeing the way it lays. You're seeing the way the fish react. You're doing this. You're doing that. 
Well, a lot of guys were stressing about requalifying. Yeah, a lot I, of guys didn't. I talked, yeah. Yep. Right? The, there's, there was that big shakeup, and everybody was protected for a little while, but yep. now yep. the protection is off. Yeah, 22 guys this year are gone. 22 guys. Yep. Big number. No there kid. was a vote. There was a vote. And? I, it hasn't come out fully yet. It might it might only be 12, I think, but it I, it's, it's shaking out towards 22, I'm thinking. Are you? Yeah. Hmm. And you're well, in. Yes. Oh, you're in regardless. Yeah, yeah but <clears throat> I'm. Uh, yeah. Maybe you heard something different. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. I, I hope for their sake that it, that it goes back to a hundred again. Yeah. But okay. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I would think so, man. A hundred's a good number. It, it was, but what's the downside to it? I, I don't I don't disagree with you at all. I think a hundred's a great number. I mean, it's it's the only game in town for the Leedsters. A hundred's a great number. A hundred's the number. But I mean, you know, it could be eighty. It could be ninety. No, it's a hundred. It could be a hundred. We just said it, right, Pete? Yep. It's a hundred. It was the top one hundred. Who, who do we got to call? Started. Yeah, who do we got to call? It was yeah. the top one hundred. How many years ago? I, I don't. I don't. Twenty. All right, knock it off over there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen um, as far as that goes, but. Well, the whole theory behind it was. The less competitors, the more the audience could connect with each competitor. So they yeah. were trying to do the The more competitors, the more money there is to win. Not per, necessarily. Per, for the anglers. Oh, necessarily. No, I've seen all the numbers. What? Think. No, I mean, if you... The winnings haven't changed. Right? Our winnings went up, actually. Our, the winnings went up in, in 2019. They were higher than they've ever had, but they've grown a little bit every year because of certain things that are being dumped into the payouts. Well, there's certain things, but that has nothing. that's yeah. not in regards to the number of anglers. The more anglers, the more money's going to be there. And you're also going to have a certain percentage at the bottom that are probably, possibly, maybe going to spend a lot of time there and... They're the guys the other people Agreed. are making money off of. I, I, I agree with that 100%. Yes, that part of it. The more guys, the more it spreads things. Yes. Yeah. I got a question. Yes. Can I can I take us off this subject? Yeah. Am I allowed to? All right. Back to the stuff that you've learned. Yep. Like learning a lot from bad events. You know, now if you're a top six guy, you know, you're you're on camera, and then they do like 10 cameras on the final day. There's a lot of information there that's there. Are you the type of guy that on a bad event will you go back when that stuff gets uploaded to YouTube and stuff and watch, watch, you know, kind of what you may or may not could learn from some guys or will you I, do that? I, I do. I do it on bad events, good events and, you know, middle of the road events. It, it just seems like from these last three years, the places that we have revisited, a lot of the stuff that guys were doing you know, that I watched has not replayed, if that makes sense. Right. You know, yeah. it's so you're really cool. out of that. I follow you. Yeah. So yeah. you got to be careful. Correct. Because it can lead you down the wrong path if and, you try to do what they did last and year. And that's one thing that I'm definitely learning a lot of, how you, you just got to take everything with hindsight. You just got to take it for what it is. But when you get there, that's the real lake. That's what's going on. Right. You know, and it's – What's happening now. Correct, because – Look at look at the last three years in our weather patterns. They've been completely mm -hmm. different. So that you know makes the the lake way different as far as where the fish are, as far as the spawn, post spawn, uh, you know, a lot of things, water level, rain, all right. that stuff. It just changes the whole gamut. I mean, it, it's just you just got to take it all with a grain of salt. You really do. But uh, Riz Riz did say, you know, you're going back to these places yep. over and over. And the biggest thing for me with 
a body of water is knowing the lay of the land. Yeah, you know, just seeing it, like see just it. like driving down the lake and being like, "Oh, that's what this part of the lake yeah. looks yeah. like." Yeah, and, and you can, you know, if you were to get on mm-hmm. something, you can then you can start applying. Yep. You know, I know where this is. I know where that's at. Then you can start running stuff and, and making stuff happen. Right. You know. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. And yep. and even no navigation, like that's not an issue if you've been there already. Correct. Yeah. You know, you yep. know where the shallow water is, rocks, and yep. you can get around and efficient time. You can be so much more efficient. efficient. On yeah. a lake that you've you well put said. your boat in, in in there before, and you're not just going in fresh. Like yeah. you can do all the map study you want to, you can do all the you yeah. know all the Google Earthing that you want to. There's nothing like actually being on the water at a place and taking it all in 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 real time and, yeah. and actually being there. So. Efficiency is the buzzword of Bass University in 2021. Yeah. Oh yeah, and every yeah. seminar guys are talking about it. You know the other side of it too, man. Like. One thing we the we, other side. we hear a lot of is the guys getting in the groove and going. And I, I have learned, and I, I'm not being negative here, but I have learned that there's two sides of that groove. It's either you make the wrong moves a lot yep. or you make the positive moves right. a lot. And, you know, for me, I, I've had a lot of opportunities these last three years where I should have done really well at a lot of events, but I, you know, lost some fish here, did this, did that, where if I would have just, you know, capitalize on them areas or whatever i was doing it could have been a way different season right you know and it's just it's just really weird and i, I think the what i'm trying to say is you just can't force it just let it roll roll the punches mm-hmm. you know no matter what happens whether you're fishing local or fishing yep. bfl stuff or whatever it is i couldn't agree more i have a, a phrase i use you got to let it come to you yep and if you try to force it, you, you, you're you, just prolonging the process. Of you're prolonging out. the agony. Yes. The suffering. Yep. <laughs> it's true. I mean, dude, it's true. And at this level, it really, it really, you know, punches yep. you right in the face. Yeah. You know, you got it. And it's so hard because, God almighty, the weight of the world's on you. The yeah. pressure to it requalify. The sponsors that you got to, you know, please. And they're looking at you. I mean, there's so much pressure. So it's so hard. To fish free like that, you know? It really is, man. I I give a lot of these guys a lot of credit, you know, that have done it for 15, 20 years. It's just amazing to have that long of a career doing this. Yeah. Because how hard it is, you know, not not even just hard of that aspect, but the travel, everything about it, it's just tough. You know, it's a, if you're looking to be a professional fisherman, which I'm sure a lot of you guys are watching this are, you know, down in the road, it's, it's very, very tough, but. If it, you're like me and you love it, man, it's worth it. It's still worth it. End of the day, I'm tired, I'm beat. <laughs> when I get up, no man, I'm ready to do it again. Be. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Exactly. You know, it's just, it's crazy. It, it, I, I, I don't know, man. You know, passion is is a big thing with people. Yeah. You know, especially bass fishermen. Yep. And and you know, it's funny because that's why I'm I'm fishing these tournaments and and Randy Blaukett said this on on one of his YouTube videos is like once it gets in your blood. Yep. I mean, you just love it. Yeah. And uh, as frustrating as it can be when, you know, things go south. But, I mean, I, I still love it. You know, you, you're out there battling it. And I'm, I'm having a ball out there in the BFLs and the Toyotas and Opens yep. and uh, having a ball fishing it. But but you're doing it on the highest level. Pete, before you – are you going to transition into your next uh, – I was going to transition, yeah, but well, you want to transition me somewhere gonna, else? Yeah, no, I'm going to jump over it and steal it from you. And then I'm <laughs> throwing it to JK. And then – you get a turn. <laughs> All right. No, I but gonna, I got my flipping stick in my hand, I know, man. I'm ready to go. <laughs> you got to pass the ball I got, there, Gretzky. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a four-pounder on this Actually, next Gretzky cat. had a lot of assists. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Sorry. Yager. And he had a puck. He's Yager over there. Ball hog. No. Um, <laughs> what do you got, Brian? 
we had Summerall and Livesey in here, you know, last week, and and you know they kind of talked about that that uh, that learning curve, mm-hmm. you know, and for for Lee, I think it was three years, and Caleb, it was four, mm-hmm. you know. So you're right there, and they both just talked about the steps to get there and where you start, like really feeling comfortable, yeah, you know, and so. I mean, dude, there's so many little lessons to learn, all the little mistakes, all the little on the water mistakes. And it just it's time, time doing it. You know, if, yeah. if you can survive the first handful of years, what, you know, what, what's the most important thing oh, that you've learned? <laughs> Brian, the most important thing, man. Gosh, I, I guess it's, you know, it's probably an average answer. It's just confidence in yourself. That's yeah. got to be the number one thing, man, because if you doubt yourself that you're in the wrong game. Yeah, you know, you gotta be positive at this. You gotta be willing to take risks and believe in your risks, no matter how it goes. Yes, you know, Jordan Lee gives that great commercial. He's like, "Stop thinking, just go." That's I'm paraphrasing him on that commercial. I've been watching him, but he's like, "I don't, you know, I just fish. I don't second guess myself." Well, you know, this goes back to kind of what you said. Think about when you're practicing, and there's no pressure for the most part. You know, you're like, oh, let me go over here and try this. Let me go over here and try it. You're not really thinking about it. You're doing. Right. You know, that's the difference. And, I, you know, that's probably part of it, too. Like like we're saying, once you get to the, the groove of doing and, the, and it starts trickling in the right direction, maybe that's a difference maker to where, you know, you're just crushing it. Yeah. You know? It's once well, I learn it all. Trust me, I'll let you guys know it. <laughs> well, let me just give you something uh, inspiring to go off of, and then I'm gonna throw it to Justin, dude. I've been doing this for eight years. I'm freaking terrible, and I'm still here. You know, we, mistakes every show. We think we're on it. No, nope, shit doesn't work no more. No, just like us, the weather, man, gets you yep. every time. Eh, yep. Something. You yep. know, it doesn't matter what it is. But I'm still here, dude. So you got a shot. Thanks, Brian. Justin. <laughs> You. What you what what you passing to me for? I don't know. You said you had questions or something. No, that I, I got to ask GDP. I I do want to ask though. Like, have you ever when you've gone back and watched it? I think the answer you gave earlier was perfect. Just how you learn from that week and you learn what you might should have been doing, but it doesn't apply from to the lake the next year. I think that's an awesome lesson. the The other thing I wanted to say: Did you have you ever like? Been like, don't like look at him. He's on my stuff. He's killing him, and I I totally missed the boat. You know, like have you ever gone back and seen somebody just wrecking the fish that you found? Um. Well, the, no. The the only the only thing that really pops up in my mind is Cayuga back in it was either last year or two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, these fish are on an outside grass line, really really good. And I pull up in the morning, and I throw my first cast, and the, and the weather changed completely. I looked at my marshal, and I said, the weather changed. The fish are going to be shallow today. And as I say that, Hunter Shrock is right on the inside of me, and I watch him bow up on a big one. Then I watch uh, him catch 20 pounds every day off of it. Uh, and I just kept my distance. I just I, – I, I was still catching fish outside, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I really didn't have too much more. I, I did run around and try some more stuff, but – all of them, I mean, it was piles of fish. He caught 20 pounds every day. I just watched it unfold right in front of me. Oh. You know, I knew it. But at that point, he already set the hook. It was already too late. I wasn't going to pull it on him. Boy, that, wow. well, that's sportsmanship. Yeah, and he even thanked me after the event. Wow. Yep. That, that's, well, see, that's the thing that most people don't understand about tournament fishing is, yep. especially, like, you're in a relatively small field. Correct. But the guys are really good, so they're going to find yep. the fish. Like in a 200-boat field, like in the opens, you, you if you find five areas, you maybe 
you'll get to fish half of them. Yeah, maybe. During the tournament, yep. maybe. Maybe. Same thing in the elites. Oh, the elites, I, th- I think, are worse. It's like there's you really can't find anything for yourself, it seems like. Yeah. You know, it doesn't seem to work that way. It's amazing how we all find the same stuff. And it's amazing. Like, when, I find, when I'm fishing by myself, I know it's a polarizing thing. Mm-hmm. I'm either going to crush them or going to catch absolutely nothing. Yep. I shouldn't be fishing by myself. <laughs> you know, it's, it's true though. It's, it's yeah. that's the way I feel. And yeah. mo- most often it's like, oh crap, I missed the boat. Nobody else is here. <laughs> I'm fishing in this creek all by myself. There's no way the guys missed it. Yeah. You know? Well, man, there there has been a couple little things of course of the year where the guys have missed a couple things that I found that I did mm-hmm. really well doing it. Um, but man, they're rare. Yeah. Very rare. So then it becomes about timing and and fit and managing your spots or yes. even managing the field. Yeah, and that's man, I, you can't even put a, a right answer on that either because you know sometimes on the offshore events where you're fishing schools, man, it's like you know how much do I wear on them? The next day they might be gone. You know, you just don't know. You really you really can't gauge that answer. What do you do? Are you? <laughs> I, I I I can't give you an answer because I yeah. don't, I don't know because I've been burned both ways. Right. You know where I've I've let them sit and I come back and they're gone, or I wear them out because I don't think they're going to be here the next day and I catch them all. Right. You know it's a really hard hard thing to do, especially yeah. offshore fish. Somebody just did that in the uh, MLF. I can't remember who it was, but they uh, they leaned on them. Oh, Brandon Coulter. Uh, really leaned on his largemouth up at Lake Champlain mm-hmm. uh, because he was trying to win his way to out the next day. Yep. And he didn't win. He mm-hmm. took second. I think Wheeler bumped him. And then his fish, you know, he beat yeah. him up so bad that they weren't available for him the next day. One one thing that I did learn, I mean, this is just common sense too, but, like, you know, we we can all somewhat – for the most part, see the weather for the next day. You yeah, know, it's not right all the time, but like if I if I'm on an area and I know there's a big weather change, then I'm wearing them out. Yeah, because like it, it probably won't be the same the next day. You're exactly right. Yeah. Um, but one mm. event this year that really sticks out to me is Pickwick. We had all that flooding, basically, which took all the practice out the window. We yep. had two days off, but they gave us two days off because the weather was so bad. So when everybody launched their boat day one of the tournament, it was brand new. Yeah. And I liked it because I ran around like an animal, and then I I found them. I found him day one. I go back day two to that same spot, gone. I run around and find, find him again. Yep. You know, that's how I liked it. I did like that, that format on that on that tournament. Right, right. You know. Well, is, is, turn it down the house. Catch. How about you, Riz? Multi-day uh, tournament. Are I you are you leaving fish biting? I don't have as I don't have much experience in the multi-day tournaments, but the the. Well, actually, that's not true. In the last last few years, I have. Um, in the one in one tournament uh, last year in the two day BFL, uh, I mean, I, I knew I had fish in backwater that I was pretty confident they weren't going to leave. So on the first day, when you know after I filled out my after I filled out my limit and then I saw the size starting to get smaller, I left because I, they're not going to help me today. Let me come back here and fill out my limit with them tomorrow, um, and then. This year in a three-day <clears throat> state qualifier, I leaned on him hard on the second day because I had a bad day one, so I needed to dig myself out of the hole on day two, which I did. I ended up having big bag of the tournament. Um, but in that situation, late in the day, I did catch two, three, four. I can't remember how many fish that I caught that didn't make my bag on that day 
that on the third day in that area on that stretch, I could have really used on yeah. the third day to, you know, take me from fourth place to possibly third or second mm -hmm. or first. So I don't know. I mean, it's 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 really tough. It's a tough it's a tough call to to make of whether you're gonna just keep catching them or, or yep. save them because no, it's not. You burn know. down the house, catch them all, worry about tomorrow, <laughs> so, tomorrow. Uh, so that's what that's what Scott Canterbury told me. The year he took AOI, yep. he said he burnt the house every day. Yep. You know, all season long. But I think part of that groove. Yeah. He got in the right the right yeah. rhythm, the right rotation. What do you got, JK? I'm with Pete. I I'm burning it down. But let me tell you a mentality that I got from co angler fishing, right? So gold keepers are gold for co-anglers a lot of times especially in the south um but it's like i always called it going going to get my license you know like perfect scenario bfl i won 18 17 something um i knew it was going to be a great top water day it's going to be cloudy all day long but i didn't start out doing it you know it was kind of tough and funky in the morning it was postponed it was really funky so I, I skipped a wacky rig around and I did not let myself pick up a topwater until I got the license. And by that, I mean a limit in the boat up into where I knew I'd be in check range. You know, like at that, I think my goal was like seven or eight pounds that I knew I could catch with the spinning rod. But man, was it hard not to throw topwater off the gut, off the cuff you know, that tournament. But I also knew what kind of tournament it was going to be. I knew there was probably only going to be five or six limits because it was a, that tough post-spawn period. And when I picked up the top water, got my license around one o'clock and, you know, caught a five and a half pounder that was big bass of the tournament and vaulted me to the win. Now on the, on the boater side, you know, I don't care if it's a multi-day, you know, obviously if it's a multi-day event, that's what we're talking about. I'm doing the same thing, but like if you start really reckoning it to where you're like, man, I'm about to maximize my potential here, that's when we're pulling the old big, like super big, like out of whack big, whether it's a big glide bait, big giant top water, you know, a big mop jig, something that's just going to target that. Okay, now we're fishing for five or six pounders or something because that's what I think will make a difference. But I, I'll never forget hearing Brandon Polinick say the same thing that Scott Canterbury did, you know, mm -hmm. never save fish. He never saves fish. Yeah. Do you, yep. you, you practice tomorrow, you know what I mean? Yep. And and if you're that dialed, you, you'll refine a group of fish. If, mm. you know, if it's going your way, you'll figure something else out tomorrow. Too many times I've, I've left them uh, thinking that was a right strategy yep. and it, it, it hardly ever is. So, you know, I, I most often, you know, of course, next tournament I'll leave them and, you know, make that decision. And then you got to make it in real time, but burn it down. Yeah. But what do you – so what are you doing uh, next year? Have Is the schedule out? It is. It is. I, I'm already getting ready to uh, – so next year we have two events in the middle of August. We have um, Oahe, which is out that, in South that Dakota. giant body of water. And giant body of water. And then we also have the cross. Okay. So – we're in August right now. I'm actually going to drive to South Dakota here in a week. I'm going to go out there and practice Hawaii. It'll be yeah. the same time, you know, just to see if I can get a gauge. Yep. And then also lacrosse. They'll go check it out while I'm, you know, it's good use, good use, perfect use of your time. Yep. Yep. 
You but, know? I, I mean, it never stops, you know, as far as, you know, once we start getting closer again. We yeah. start off next year on the St. John's again. Then oh, we go nice. to the Harris chain. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. I've been to Harrison a long time. I like that place a lot. Grass yeah. Lake. Right. You know, Chatter big bass, Bay, big Florida bass, bass. Florida Bass. Yeah. You know, pre-spawn. Yeah. So. That's good. Yep. You know, I, t- I got to be honest. That what you're about to do and is is when I'm at my happiest when I'm fishing is when I'm going to scout a body of water, look at a new body of water, mm-hmm. or even a body of water I've been to before where there's not a practice time frame yep. I, don't, I don't have a pending tournament yep and i could just look at a body of water i can get on my side imaging yep. and yep. 360 and just relax just relax yep. you know take your time yep you know that that's to me that that's my favorite time to be on the water yep. usually by myself you know yeah I, I will be too yeah yep. yeah you and i think there's two or three other people that live in in the dakotas that you know, <laughs> that might see you out there. This yeah. is true. <laughs> You're this out in the true. middle of nowhere, man. Yeah, I guess it's I guess it's like the walleye capital there, supposedly. Oh, that, really? That yeah. one guy, that one <laughs> other guy that fishes the lake. You know, <laughs> I won't even see him. The I one mean. dude. Yeah. They they were saying that that lake's bigger than Champlain. Yeah, it's like something ridiculous, something stupid. Long. You might see a road runner while you're out there. Yeah, really? real by the way. Yeah, it's a fuel management thing out there too. I, I believe. From what I can see, from what I've already watched, they're actually launching us to where where a lot of the guys are running to. Ah, so okay. we're launching out of a place called Mo Bridge or something. It's called. Okay. Yeah. Give you a little bit more reach. Correct. Because there's no fuel on the lake, and yeah, supposedly nothing like that. Yeah. Yeah, that'll huh. be interesting. Well, we look forward to hearing about it when yeah. you know you get back. Yeah. On the show, let's. I want to hear more about that lake. It's pretty yeah. exciting stuff. We have a Facebook like and share contest going on right now. If you guys haven't done it yet, you're watching us over there. Like and share us. If you've not subscribed to Bashu TV, the Frog Days of Summer, we've got. To, we're going to give you two frogs with an annual subscription. Uh, what, what kind of frogs are we giving out, uh, Justin? River to Sea. River to Sea. Ishmael Fat Mac Daddy Frogs. Mac Daddy. It's a mouthful, but it won the Mississippi River event back in 2018 or 17. Yes. That's right. So yeah. come on over and join us. Uh, take advantage of all the great benefits and um, subscribe to BashU.tv. It's going to make you a better angler. And uh, we do we have a trivia question tonight? We sure do, Pete. You ready to go to that? I'm ready. Okay. Um, Guys, tonight's uh, grand prize going out the door is uh, it's actually over a hundred dollars worth of uh, of tackle hey and now. swag and uh, all kinds of goodies. And the question, guys, as always, we need a specific answer for a specific question. What was Pete's line setup while fishing at Cayuga? What was Pete's line setup? I need the brand, the diameter of the braid, and the diameter of the fluorocarbon. Um, all in the same answer. So what was Pete's setup for his line that was crucial for him landing a five-pounder that was wrapped around everything in the lake? 6-1. Six, 6-1. Six, one. <laughs> six, one. It was six, a 6-1. One. 6-1 six, one <laughs> that was Stupers. wrapped around everything in the lake. What was his line setup? I need uh, the braid diameter to the fluorocarbon diameter and the brand all in the same text. If you give it to me three different messages it's not going to count because I, I i can't keep you up lose. with that so <laughs> put it all in the same answer all right great question great stuff and That's right. uh, 
So, uh, so you've got next year. We've got a uh, we've got it on the schedule. You got some new bodies. What are you going to go check out? And uh, how you know what what else is going on? How's the sponsorship side of things going? So far, so good. Yeah, it's been really good. That's great. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you part of Bash U. I'm glad you're Boom, part of Bash U. Boom, we got a winner. Get the heck out of here. Didn't take long. I mean, this guy's on his game all the time. Howie Range. None other other than Howie. And that's 15-pound braid to 16-pound fluorocarbon. And that's by Gamma. Gamma line, 15-pound braid to 16-pound fluorocarbon. Pete, talk about that a little bit. Is that the guy from the classic, Pete? Why you're... you're I don't know. Fluoro is a little heavier than your braid. Why didn't you go twenty pound braid to sixteen? You went fifteen to sixteen. Well, honestly, I I won. I got to be able to skip. Howie skip. Range yep. is a long time, uh, you know, friend of the show. We've known Howie forever. He writes for many publications. And Howie I've done a lot of interviews with Howie. Nice. Great guy and uh, great great answer. But the uh, the the. I like ten pound because of its castability. Yes, right. I want to. Yep. I want to be able to bomb that, skip it, and go a hundred miles. But I upped it to fifteen because of all the crap that the I was going to have to get those fish through. I wanted to keep it at ten. I upped it to fifteen, and sixteen pound uh, gamma edge fluoro is the is is the toughest line. You can imagine it, it can get through zebra mussels. I would have gone to 20 or 25 if I felt like I could have gotten away with it. But 16 is so tough. And um, and that that's that's where I put myself, you know. So that's why 15. That's why 16. It's a perfect combination. If you're skipping a spinning, it, it allows you to present that bait weightless, uh, finesse But when they when you get the bite, you're going to be able to get through zebras, metal, wood, the whole nine yards, um, and it, it worked out for me, you know, in that situation. And honestly, it, it's the same combination I used to win Cayuga, um, and I caught a lot of fish off the docks back in 2012. Um, not all, a lot of them came flipping, but when I was dock fishing, I was using that same combination. I like same it. year that the large Hedron Collider uh, reached max capacity. What does that mean? It found the uh, Bose, par- uh, the God particle. That's when. That's when the world ended. <laughs> oh, when the Mayan calendar <laughs> ended, light. and the new reality started, where everything's ridiculous. <laughs> but wow. anyhow, come on, come I'm, on. Not, I'm not that old, man. I can still get it done. Doesn't... Top ten, top ten. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's See? right. You know? yeah, look, Grr. Grr. <laughs> born again. Rod boat up. Grr. <laughs> Go ahead, JK. What do you got? You, you tie an FG knot on that. No, I I am tying an Albright double knot. granny to granny with a little bit of super glue. <laughs> Albright knot with super glue, and it's a hundred percent. It's like it. automatic. Here's the beauty of it: it it's not the FG knot smaller, and I think I've never used it, but it might go through guys. But I don't know, but I can tell tie like when I when you asked me about retying, I can retie a leader. Faster than anybody I've ever seen. What? With the Albright knot. It's just like you don't sweat it. You know how a lot of guys yeah. will, won't re- they'll, they'll tie a 15 foot leader just so that they don't ever have to retie it, you know? But I can tie that all. I mean, in less than 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah, what is your leader? Uh, four, four feet, generally speaking. Uh-huh. Because what? here's what I, I don't want the knot to go in the eyes. 
So I try to keep that leader short enough to where I can I can skip it without it ever going into the rod eyes. And, um, interesting. It, when I get away with water. the short leader. What's makes, that? Actually, you're only fishing eight inches of water. Right. Makes sense. It's yeah, a re- it's you don't a, need a long, long yeah. leader. I've fished with you a lot, and I've noticed that you'll even, when you're retying baits on that leader, that four feet will get down to like <laughs> one, one half before you change it. And you're, you're still catching them. Yep. At practice, you know, you just keep cutting it down and That's cutting right. it down. It don't matter but, in practice. Yeah, <laughs> but I, but I, I, I'll put my arm out and I like right in the middle of my chest to my fingertips. That ain't four feet, bro. That's that's my leader length. Okay, like three right there. <laughs> three, three and a half, maybe. I got like thirty-eight <laughs> inches right there. Thirty-eight <laughs> inches or so. That's what I do. You're my world now, son. Hey, <laughs> come on. That's, yeah. I'm six. Now look close, here. I'm, I'm about six foot. That's that's. You know, well, that's three feet, isn't yeah. it? Yep. Now look here, Pete. That's three feet. <laughs> that's absolutely three feet. Now listen here. You should call right. yourself. There you go. <laughs> it's like Jesse saying the, the other guy he cut off was 500 yards away on Malaga Lake. Yeah, Malaga Lake's <laughs> only 500 yards total. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, but anyhow. Uh, gotta love it. Hey, Pete, before we get to get, I don't want to forget this. You uh, fishing DOD Saturday? Yes. You doing that uh, event for woods and water? Taking I, taking a vet out there. I were you know uh, Bob Soley, friend of the show, been on the show, and Anna's wife. They're they're doing or participating in an event where we take veterans fishing. Yeah, and asked me to participate, and I'm I'm happy to do so. I'll be there on Saturday. Yeah, I got That's the cool. call tonight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna try. I got to check my schedule. I got a lot going on. Yeah. Well, well I'm I'm gonna clear my slate. Yeah. And um I'm gonna try to do it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna show up down at the DOD on Saturday. Hmm. Can the vets still sign up? Do you know the details? Well, they wanna lock in how many boats they got and then I gotcha. They don't wanna have you know yeah. yep. bad numbers. Anna wanted me to sign up, but I'm live on the show, Anna, so I'm gonna do it as soon as I can. Ah uh, yeah. <laughs> zip 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 zip. So we're we're gonna Oh wait, you can use live bait for that, can't you? Can you? I think so. Can't you use live bait in that event? Uh, I have no idea. I don't know. I mean, I mean, minnows. But you could throw a Senko. I know I'd be. <laughs> live line and a Senko. Where yeah, would you be? I can't tell. <laughs> Come on, get out of here. On the rock piles, man. <laughs> yeah. Rock piles, rock piles. Whoever's rock fishing piles. with me. I'm serious. No, the We're barges. Get the details. No. The barge. How much, how much do you want to bet me there's rock piles out there? Oh, I, I know the rock, rock piles. piles. Oh, Arnie's <laughs> making fun of me. <laughs> Damn right. I'll be on rock piles. <laughs> Are you they, going They tomorrow? may or may not be there. T- when, tomorrow? Yeah. Or Saturday. I'm um, fishing uh, down the bay for okay. Bass Legends, I guess it is. Legends. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'll be down the DOD. I might be there too, man. I hope you are. I could try to. Yep. We yeah. got a lot of good friends and uh, appreciate all the service uh, that the people in that the folks in the military have provided for us and uh, provided us the opportunity to go out and do what we love to do. Thank you. So going to be there on Saturday. Yeah, Bob, uh, this will be his second one this year. Is that right? Oh, yeah. He, he reigning champion. Yeah, they uh, they fished uh, Assenpink. Uh, okay. Oh, he smashed them. I heard about that. Yep. Yeah. Went to an old waypoint he had. <laughs> he had yeah. been there in like nine years. Yeah. He just fell on him. Man, that's And they great. just crushed him all day. He was out with a female, yep. I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was saying uh, she was so This is her first time bass fishing. And she just oh. crushed him. Yeah. Call I mean, she's fished, you know, she was, yeah. but yeah. Hmm. First fish was a four pounder right at the boat. Yeah. I think broke the line, but he's like, oh, that's probably the only bite we're going to get all day. 
No, nah, they smashed them. Nothing and she caught big the big ones. ones, too. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Know. Well, um, guys, thanks so much for watching. Uh, appreciate all you guys. Uh, we got a Facebook like and share winner. If you haven't done that yet, go do it right now. Riz is about to pick the winner for this. And uh, so right. go and get that done. Yeah. Guys, uh, if you haven't liked and shared yet, uh, go ahead and do it now. Um, just coming up on the on the schedule here for uh, Bash U, uh, we got an awesome seminar coming out later this week with Mike Iaconelli. Um, it's Mike uh, it's uh, uh, customizing your lures and modifications. Um, that's a really good one that you're definitely uh, not gonna want to miss. Um, and then next week uh, we have a an awesome piece coming out from Ot Defoe. That guy can just flat out catch him, and it's how to break down a new body of water. That's always a hot topic um, for you know a bass angler in general. You're going somewhere you've never been before. Well, we're releasing Atifo on how he breaks down new bodies of water. By the um, way, just had a brilliant uh, MLF tournament. Yep. Down in Thai, throwing his OG flat side. What? Yeah. His mini flat side. Yep. In Thai. In Thai. I think it was in Thai, based on what I saw. But uh, just cranking them up, yep. cranking them up down so, the line. Guys, as always, we're, we're, we're pumping out the content, uh, you know, three to four new releases a week. There's over 900 videos on the website, almost 1,000 right now. Guys, the information is there. It's like the cheat code to the information rule. It mm -hmm. really is. So if you're not if you're not signed up and you're serious about your bass fishing, you're 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 selling yourself short. Uh, give it a shot. Head over to Bass U TV. You can take a free trial. Sign up annually. If you do it now... We're still going to give you two River to Sea Frogs and a Bash University official camo hat. This joker is a lucky hat for sure, and it looks good. <laughs> you can wear it while, you, while you're out hunting hey, this fall, too. So, um, but without any further ado, uh, our Facebook like and share winner tonight is Andrew Redding uh, from down there in the great state of Virginia. Congratulations, Andrew Redding. You are tonight's Facebook like and share winner for Bash University Live. Thanks for watching, Andrew. And, uh, Pete, you going to St. Lawrence next week? Uh, no. Okay. I am not fishing the Toyota Series. Uh, gotcha. So, I'm going up. Are you going up? Yeah. With Ike? Uh, angler of the year race. <laughs> What's that, JK? I said you can't fish all the AOI races, I guess. <laughs> I know. No, I, I, I just can't do it all. Um, that's awesome. Uh, you know, that, I will be there for the Open at Thousand Islands. Okay. So, but... Uh, why, know, why are you... Missing out on it this? I uh, just um, I I have to call the amount of tournaments that I'm fishing. I can't fish them all. Okay. Can't fish them all. So um, heard that. You know I'm going to fish uh, uh, the opens and I'm going to fish the BFL. Damn thing we call work. And I'm going to I cherry pick the Toyota series when I can. So uh, I got you. That's okay. what I'm. Oh, yeah, but where are you sitting? Thirteenth. Come on. Thirteenth. Come on. Maybe I fish the Potomac and squeak into the top 50. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so what's there, two left? There's two left. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going for the ride, man. Yeah. Well, in, enjoy. It's going to be a uh, thousand odds. One of my favorite places in the world. Are you entering the tournament as a co? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm already in, bro. Nice. <laughs> That's I'll awesome, I paid my dude. money and everything. That's <laughs> awesome. I fish that thing all over the place. What's that? I said you're going to go throw that Carolina rig Cinco and catfish that thing all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, well, I wish you the best of luck. Heck, yeah. That's Throw cool, man. You know? 
I just hope first I don't draw going, somebody that's trying to run to the lake. First time getting getting back in the boat as a cow on a big, big series event. Yeah, it's been, it's a, been while. a while. Yeah. It's been a while, yeah. That's yep. cool, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Yep. Uh, well, we'll have some more stuff to talk Missing about. Missing a week of work. I'm freaking out. All kinds <laughs> of stuff's happening. Yeah. Well... Well, good deal. Well, we'll be we'll be talking about that. We'll be uh, we'll be talking about that next week. Well, we're going to be back next Tuesday with another Bash University live. And uh, GDP, thanks so much, buddy. Appreciate yeah, you. It's always great to have you. Good to be here. And um, yeah, yeah. JK, thanks for being here tonight. Appreciate all your bringing your buddy on the champ. Appreciate you. Yeah, man, he's he's great. Glad to have had him on, and always a great time. Really enjoyed the Cayuga stuff too, man. Just pumped for you. Uh, I, I appreciate it, man. It's great to have you cheering for me and all the guys. It, it's really wonderful, and uh, and that's pretty. And I and I just want to thank uh, Riz and BTC for the amazing way that you brought us back on the air after the, the thunderstorm. Yeah, it's <laughs> game. It's game. Let's get me out of here. So sick of this stuff. Uh, hey, it was awesome. Hey, congratulations to Howie, and uh, thanks for paying attention. Appreciate you, and thanks, everybody, for watching. If you haven't subscribed, go over to BashU.TV. I promise you it's going to help you be a better angler, catch more and bigger bass, and we will see you next week. Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Bash University Live. Good night, everybody. See you guys. AquaView, the leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. AquaView. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick, every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out during a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I found that can withstand my hook set. Boom goes the dynamite. Some would say obsessed. There's no place on earth we'd rather be than right here, right now. Performance-driven gear, so you can fish longer, harder. Gills Performance Fishing. Hey guys, 2021 Red Crest Champion Dustin Connell here. And if you watch live coverage, we just got done at Lake Eufaula. I caught my fish using the active target with Lowrance. What you didn't see is I run a sea clear power harness in my boat. One of the main advantages to running this harness is it does not drain my batteries down at all running my four units. And what that's gonna allow me to do is I'm able to see my bait at 8 a.m. just as good late in the day. Y'all check them out at seaclearpower.com. You take pride in your boat, so it deserves the best protection possible. Our durable woven fabric prevents ripping and provides UV protection. And our tape seams provide protection against the elements. The heavy-duty shock cord hem and strap and buckle system provide a tight and secure fit. 
Our top-of-the-line boat covers come with a ventilation system to keep your boat free from mold buildup. Empire Covers, protecting what you love.